Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Let's start off our time together with a couple questions about sleep. I'd like to take a quick survey of everyone here today. If you're in person or you're joining us online, just join in and answer these couple questions for me. Raise your hand if you like the bed hard. You fall asleep best if your bed is hard. Oh, only a few. How about soft? You'd much rather have your bed soft. Anybody? Okay, many of you are not raising your hand, so I'm figuring you like it somewhere between hard and soft. Next question, maybe this one will get you. How about light in the room? You can only fall asleep if the room is pitch black. Anybody, you like the room darker? There we go, I've got more hands. How about you don't mind a little bit of light? You need some light to get in and out of bed, to the bathroom at night, that kind of thing. Okay, very good, all kinds of answers. One more question. How about noise? The noise level that you need to fall asleep. You need some noise. Raise your hand. You like a little bit of white noise or the radio, that kind of thing. But no, there's others of you that you need everything quiet. No noise at all. Anybody? Quiet. Oh, lots of hands in the room. I wonder how our online attenders are faring today. Well, you know what? Very interesting responses. And you see, sleep is a touchy subject in our house. Steve and I could not be more opposite. He doesn't mind a little bit of light in the bedroom. I can tell if there's a firefly flickering outside our bedroom window, and my eyes will stay open until that firefly goes away. He likes the bed hard. I like the bed more soft. And don't get me started on noise. Steve is a snorer. And I have to have noise, white noise, a fan in the corner just to drown out his snoring. So he must like, like noise, but so do I. Sleep is very important to me. Maybe sleep is important to you too. Many of us wish that we could get more sleep. But you know, there are some of us that push back against sleep. Did you know that the record for most hours, most days gone without sleep is 11 days and 25 minutes. I wonder what happened at the end of those 11 days and 25 minutes. Did it just stop counting because the gentleman finally fell asleep? Probably. Well, it's not just sleep that's important to us. Rest is also important. If we don't get enough rest, our bodies begin to suffer. We get sick. We might get sluggish, we can't think straight, and everyone that comes across our path in the day just seems to get on our last nerve. We might want to walk into a room, shut the door, flop on the couch, and forget about everything else while we just get some needed rest. I remember as a child, there were two places 
that I could rest really well. One of them was underneath a large English walnut tree in our front yard. And I would go in the closet and I would grab a blanket and I would run outside and I'd wrap the blanket around me and I would like slide under the English walnut tree in that blanket taco and I could sleep, I could rest there. The other place as a child I loved to rest was in our barn of all places. I would build a fort in the straw and I would grab my favorite cat and we would go in together and I could just stay there for hours shutting everything out and just resting. As an adult, I find rest anywhere outside. Anywhere in God's creation is a place of rest for me. Where do you find rest? Maybe it's in the mountains. Maybe it's at the shore. There's something about the waves that come in, break, go back out, and that cycle of repetition of the ways is incredibly peaceful, incredibly restful. Maybe you find rest with a cup of coffee on your deck, or you go to Starbucks and grab a venti black iced tea with two sweet and lows, and you sit on your patio. That's your restful place. And when we rest, there's wonderful things that happen in our bodies. When we rest, our motivation is increased. Rest aids recovery. It protects our heart, increases our creativity, and lowers our stress. God designed us to need, to need rest. Rest is scriptural. And there's such a sweet connection between rest and God. And we'll see that connection as we study our Hebrews passage today. This is week five in our summer series on the book of Hebrews. And if you've been tracking with us for any number of weeks, you've developed some themes along with us. You've picked up on some themes. The preacher of Hebrews is helping us understand that Jesus is greater than everything. And that theme of Jesus is greater than everything will certainly be displayed in our text today as we talk about rest. Now, God's plan for rest goes way back in the Bible, all the way back to Moses as he led his people, God's people, out of Egypt. Their exodus, their exit from Egypt, is one of the greatest miracles in Scripture. A miracle where God's care for his people is on full display. An example where God was calling his people into rest. Hebrews 4 describes rest in three ways. First, as their rest their rest, the rest of God's people, Israel, as they were promised rest in Canaan. God's plan was to give his people rest. After hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt, God was leading them to rest in a place called Canaan, also known as the promised land because of the promises made to Abraham and his descendants that they would obtain this land. 
Because they were God's people, he was providing them rest in a number of ways. He was leading them to a peaceful place. They would have a rest from war, a protected space for their families, and he was protecting them. He was giving them rest as he accompanied them in a form of a fire by night and a cloud by day. He was guiding them through the desert. God's rest for his people is described in Exodus chapter 3 as a rescue and a relocation. The Lord said, So I have come down to rescue them, the Israelites, from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Flowing with milk and honey. That sounds like a great space to be. Their hard labor that they suffered in Egypt would be behind them. Their beautiful new land flowing with milk and honey would be before them. And when they arrived, they would be body surfing on milk and honey. But God's people were hard-hearted, and their journey did not go well. A trip that should have taken 11 days took 40 years. God had prepared a place of rest for them, but the generation that left Egypt, they didn't get to enter the promised land. They missed out on the goodness of God's rest. Let's catch up on God's promise of rest in verse 1 of Hebrews 4. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, to the Israelites. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. The Israelites didn't trust God. They didn't obey him. And their lack of faith in God's power was the very root of their problem. They were in a place of unbelief and disobedience. And God, God was not pleased. They believed that he would not do what he said he would do. Obedience is a big deal to God. And the Israelites allowed the desert, the challenges there, to make them grouchy, to make them grumpy and angry instead of turning to God and trusting him and obeying him and stepping into his rest. Remember, God was promising them rest. Rest in his provision, rest in his care, but they didn't believe God was watching out for them. 
And instead of trusting him, they grumbled and they complained. I wonder if we can see ourselves at all in the attitudes of the Israelites. I doubt it, right? We never grumble. We never complain. We never get grouchy. And certainly, we never step back and push against obeying God when he's calling us to do something. God has rest for us. And that rest starts with obedience. It starts with walking closely with God every day, making prayer and Bible study a daily discipline so we can learn his commands and follow with obedience. Obedience is a big deal to God. After the Israelite story, we read more about rest and the importance of rest because we discover that God rested. Hebrews 4 describes rest as their rest, but also as God's rest. God rested. Wow. Certainly when God says something, it's important, but if he did it, it must be really important. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, doing what God says is an 11, but doing what God did is like a bajillion. And God rested. He set an example. Verse 4, we know it is ready because of the place in scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. God rested, so we should too. We should follow his example. God, the creator of the universe, rested. But don't let the word rest fool you in this verse. God did not rest because he was tired. It's not like he created the whole world and he was exhausted, so he grabbed a cup of lemonade, kicked up his feet, and took a break. No, it's not like he was chasing the cheetahs around or trying to corral all the chickens and the sheep. He wasn't tired from the busyness of the previous six days. No. Exhaustion and fatigue and weariness, what we may have as signals that we're tired, that we need a rest, were not factors in God's decision to rest. God rested because he had completed a task. Genesis chapter 1 gives us the order of creation. From creating the heavens to creating man and woman, God worked. And when that was finished, he rested. There was a clear ending point to his task of creation. But after that, he didn't stop working. Reading further in scripture, we know that God didn't stop his work after he created the world. He did so much more. He set in motion his people's departure from Egypt. He developed them into a great nation. He came to earth as a man. 
did so much in those years. And he will come back again, as Revelation tells us, when he knows the time for his return. God worked, and then he rested. He sets a time to work, and he sets a time to rest. That invitation is still ours today. His example of resting leads to the third description of rest in our text today, and it's quite personal. We are invited to enter our rest. The Israelites struggled to accept God's rest. We studied their story. We determined that God rested. And now the preacher of Hebrews is telling us that we are invited to rest. And this is so incredibly beautiful. God's gift of rest is for everyone who accepts it. Rest is something that we receive. It's something that God gives us. Rest begins with God. It doesn't begin with us. But it is for us, and it's available today. Verse 7. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Rest is an important part of God's plan for us. And he is asking us, he's inviting us into rest today. Today means present tense. Today means there's still time. It's available Special rest for the people of God is waiting for us to grasp. If you're with us today and you're a Christ follower, oh, please accept that rest. Step into it and embrace it. And if you haven't made the decision yet to become a Christ follower, to have a relation with him, I invite you to consider that today. God is not pushing you into rest, but he's inviting you to do your best to enter that rest. This word today in verse 7 is there for a purpose. The time to make the decision to follow Christ is now. Our opportunity is now because there might not be a tomorrow Step into your promised rest. God's invitation to rest has us in mind. He's thinking about our needs now and forever. God's promised rest could look like this. A Sabbath rest. That's that time every week where you rest in him. You go out and enjoy his creation. You read a book. 
You spend time with your family. You purposefully step away from the busy and let God minister to your heart, minister to your spirit. Our promised rest is also in the form of peace, peace despite the struggles that you're facing. Our promised rest is also his presence in our lives through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the great comforter who comes and walks with us, provides exactly what we need. God promises that us that rest. And our promised rest is also God's promise to see him face to face in heaven. When the stress and the tiredness of the world is behind us, we are promised rest in heaven. These are just some of the forms of rest that we can embrace as followers of Christ. We find rest when we allow him to rule and manage our lives. We find his rest when we choose to be set free from the chaos and disorder that sin brings into our lives. God invites us to rest. And as Christ followers, we are promised that rest. Every day is today for God. But today is the best time, the most important time we've got Before our lives reach our last day, God invites us to trust him and enter into his promised rest. The last few weeks have been busy and tiring for me. Our family had such a wonderful time in Outer Banks, but I discovered shortly after I got home that I had COVID. Never, ever a good time to be sick, right? And that COVID diagnosis came right after vacation and right before a really busy home and work week for me. And in the space of that time, I was stressed out, I was feeling tired, and I needed to turn to God for rest. Personally, I just needed to say, God, give me manageable moments of work And then let me have your rest. Let me receive it well, because my body needs rest. My story is not unique. Your life may be very similar to mine, and Jesus is inviting you to rest every day when he says, just come. Just come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you're like me, many of you need rest. You're carrying a burden too heavy for you to hold. And carrying a burden is nothing to be ashamed of. The world pulls us in many directions, and it can be exhausting. That's why God is offering us rest. He knows that we need it. And the Bible is filled with encouragement for us when our burdens are heavy. God knows that we need rest because he knows us. Verse 12. 
For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Friends, we may fool others with our spiritual lives, but we cannot fool God. He sees our need for rest when others cannot see it. We might be able to convince others that we're fine, that there's nothing wrong because we're hiding that, but we cannot fool God. He knows our burdens. He knows who we are to our core. We can't hide from him. We can't keep secrets from him. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. He knows every part of us. Author, coach, and mentor Bob Beale in his book, Why You Do What You Do, suggests that all of us have three selves. A public self that everyone sees, a private self that only close friends see in a private setting, and a personal self that only you, only I, have ever seen. Each of these selves has an audience, but not everyone that you see sees all of you. Bob says that it's your personal self that is that private, quiet place, the things that you have never cared to share with someone else except perhaps a lifelong close friend. Our personal self is where we keep things very hidden and very quiet. This might work in our relationships with others, but it does not work with God. All we are and all we have is wide open to him. He sees everything. He sees our thoughts, our intentions, our attitudes, and our desires. And even in our messiness, he is inviting us into rest. Rest for today and rest for all of eternity. God's invitation of rest was for his Israelites so long ago. And it's for us today. But we need to accept it. Last September at the Atlantic Conference Enrichment Retreat, which is an annual retreat that pastors and staff are invited to, there was something that uh, author and speaker Tara Beth Leach said that really struck a chord with me. She was quoting another Christian author when she challenged us to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. This struck me because I thought about all the times I go, 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 and I overextend. I add more and more and more to my life, and the more I add leaves less time for God. I'm not connecting with him like I need to. I'm not allowing myself to enjoy his gift of rest. I came home from that retreat and I needed to reevaluate all areas of my life. 
so I could accept God's rest, accept God's invitation of rest for me. F.B. Meyer, a Baptist pastor and evangelist, has this to say about God's rest. To all of us, Christ offers rest, not in the other life only, but in this. Rest from the weight of sin, from care and worry, from the load of daily anxiety and foreboding, the rest that arrives from handing all our worries over to Christ and receiving from Christ all we need. Have you entered into that experience? So this is my leaving question with you today. Have you entered into God's rest? God is bigger, he is greater, he is stronger than whatever you're experiencing. Will you step into God's rest, obey him and trust that he will give you that rest? If you'd like to respond, your connection card has two blanks. If you're with us today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, check mark this box. I'll tell you more about entering into his rest. If you do know Christ, you know that rest is for you and you will enter into God's rest by. And here's where you fill in that line with whatever you sense God is saying to you today how he's asking you to step into his rest. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for rest. Such a small word, but sometimes so difficult to do. Father, thank you that rest was created by you for us. And I pray that everyone listening today would realize the incredible gift and blessing that rest is in the hurry and bustle of life in family and work. You're calling us to rest. You're calling us to peace. You're calling us into a relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that we will trust, we will obey, and we will step into that precious place of rest. In your son's name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.